Hi. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm going to make you the host. Okay. And then, um, I didn't know if we should record or not, so I just set it for recording. Yeah, good idea. I definitely want to record. Um, I'm so excited. I'm going to get this out here. I'll tweet it out and do some invites. Yeah. How do I invite like everyone on my like list that follows me? On uh, the bottom left, there should be like a head icon. If you click that, you can select uh-huh. all followers. Okay, cool. Um, oops. Cool. All followers. Perfect. All right. Woo-hoo. <laughs> oh man. So what did like what did you even think? What was your just like ultimate like first reaction before those opening credits? I mean, I, so like it was hard because I didn't have really any expectations going in as a Lions fan of this. Like I was excited for it, but I've only seen like episodes here and there of Hard Knocks in the past. I'm not a religious Hard Knocks watcher, but I was excited. And then all the clips went viral yesterday. Like there was the the buildup of the Hutch singing clip and obviously the Jamal speech. And I was ready to run through a wall. So I went from no expectations to like, oh my God, this is going to be the best thing ever. And in hindsight, I kind of wish that didn't happen. Like I wish the Jamal thing was a surprise instead of knowing it was going to come because yeah, uh, I, I totally think there was that... I didn't think there was that much else that was that good, honestly, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have a little bit of a different takes on it, but yeah, I did. Uh, I let Pierre know too before um, host of pride podcast. want to get him up here too. Cause I know that all of our one pride is just loving all this after the first episode. So welcome Pierre. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> of course. What did you oh. think? What was your takes? Are you like excited as me? I just feel like I'm like, you know, probably chugging the Kool-Aid too hard here, but <laughs> No, it was exciting. Like my favorite part was AG and Deuce. They're just going at it all day, right? And I feel like the players feed off that and makes like the it brings more intensity to the practices. I love that. Um I also liked how Campbell is kind of a jokester. We didn't really know that. Like towards the end, he's like these nuts. I thought that was kind of funny. Um the D's nuts was elite. Like that's the right there gonna win us like more than those games. <laughs> and I just I liked how he was honest too. You know, after practice, he was like, Look, guys, like I'm doing this for you. I love you guys. I know it's tough on your body, whatever, but just trust me. I'm doing this for you guys. I'm trying to bring you guys a ring here. Like I love the honesty. I love how compassionate he's with his players. Like you could tell he's a real one. He's not faking it. Same with uh Shep, you know, when he's like about his hair. Just like Campbell told me to keep his my hair. Like I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just he's very just accepting of everyone and everything, and just wants you to be yourself. And I think that's just going to be the key to all this. You know, you're getting someone in there who's supporting these guys, who's constantly, constantly like, you know, building them up to be the greatest that they can be. And I just don't know if they've had that for for a long time, if not ever. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, Patricia was not that. Yeah, don't even that name cannot be spoken on this show. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I'm just really excited about it all. Uh I watched it for a second time this morning. I watched it late last night. Second time this morning, was ready to like just spit fire and run through walls at seven AM. Um I just can't stop playing Billie Jean in my head, and I know it's going to get so overused and everything. But that uh, that whole, like, all of them standing up, dude ripping off his shirt and throwing in the air, it's like you can just tell that this, like, culture in this, in this team is just so positive and, like, just all accepting of each other, and I just love to see it. Yeah, they got to play that song when, like, Kutch gets a sack or something. <laughs> right. I did see that, like, they have, like, a hundred thousand dollars they had to pay to um to the Michael Jackson like estate or whatever just to be able to use that. I saw someone say that on there. I have not verified that, but it wouldn't surprise me. So I wonder if they'd have to pay every time they play it. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I Lexi, I kinda alluded to this, but like while I enjoyed the episode and I'm excited to watch the whole series, like 
me as a Lions fan, I had some negative takeaways from this. Can I okay. can I run through a couple of the concerning elements of this for me? Of course. Yeah, it's probably good for me to see because I have no idea who y'all are talking about in the group chat earlier. So I was so too I, busy being blinded. <laughs> I have three things. I took notes during the episode knowing we were going to this room. And I have three things that just jumped out at me as uh, semi-concerning for, like, my franchise turning the corner and heading in the right direction. Uh, first of all, the entirety of the episode pretty much just led to like the majority of our players whining about having to put pads on and hit and like the coaching staff dogging them for not wanting to compete. That doesn't strike me as great. And I get it. I get that it's early in camp and like, maybe that's not normal, but I to me that's the shining thing that summarized the episode was like our guys didn't want to compete and our coaching staff was frustrated with them. That sucks yeah. as a fan. I don't know. Like, did you guys pick up on that or no? No, I. I so now that we've talked about it, I can definitely think of one thing that stuck out and I kind of just like shook my head as when they were talking about. He was talking about how heavy that thing was. He's like, yeah, like point, 0.8 ounces. It's like, man, they extra heavy. Like, what are you talking about? Just wear it, you know? But I think it's just it's the beginning of using those extra padding on the helmets. I can imagine it's probably a, a, a little bit of a change for them. But, yeah, there was there were some things in there that, you know, the how he got pissed off that people weren't even competing yet. But I, I think they got to show a little bit of that, and they got to kind of just – work with it because it's not going to be all perfect every time you record. You know what I mean? Yeah. They got to have narratives like, and it's good for the story that like Campbell's this madman who, you know, is all compete all the time. And maybe that puts off players at first. So I'm not like, I'm kind of joking when I say I'm concerned, but like would love to see an episode where like all of our players are fucking ready to go at it instead of whining that we're going hard. Uh, So that's one. The other two are a little more jokey than that, but like, uh, first of all, Aiden's song. Okay, give him credit for committing to the bit. That was impressive. Didn't expect that from what I know of Aiden Hutchinson's personality in the past. But what I am concerned with is the fact that our entire team got that hype about that performance. That performance sucked. Okay, (laughs) he missed the intro. He fucked up the rhythm of it. Like, credit for picking a tough song if you don't have rhythm. And he definitely got into it with the dance. But I'm wildly concerned that an auditorium full of our entire team was that hype about that shitty Billie Jean performance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can kind of see that. You know, I think it's just they're all just so drunk on their own Kool-Aid like some of us are, too, that they're just so pumped up for it. But I I was kind of shocked that he chose that song. Because he is a great singer, and I just feel like that did not showcase really um, anything of, of those talents there. So that was, yeah, it was a little bit weird. <laughs> I think he chose it because like everyone knows that song, right? Like the veterans, the younger guys. So he wanted everyone to like sing it with him. Yeah. Go along with. Him. For sure. I mean, yeah, it, it worked out in hindsight. Like he he definitely sort of won the job and won the episode. I feel like we'll get to. I think. We might do like three stars at the end of this, maybe. So I'll save some of that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I was just like, I can't believe everyone's this hype about this. I didn't think it was that good of a performance. And to your point, Lexi, like I thought there were rumors he was a big singer. So, you know, it seemed like he kind of dropped the ball on that for me. Yeah, I think the anticipation of that and like being thrown out that he was going to do this. Like like you said, too, that they kind of ruined a lot of the things by – you know, putting it out there before the show happened, which I was kind of bummed about because I, I wish that that Jamal Williams speech was like, you know, I was not prepared for, it. I wish I was not prepared, but I was, and I still did the same. I mean, I was damn near in tears for, from that man, but like, you know, it's, they really did kind of build a lot up where it was like a little bit, you know, not, not quite what we thought. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. My, my third and last concerning element to this. Uh, so <laughs> Like, obviously, our roster's not great. Like, we do have young talent, though. Like, there are some dudes to get excited about. And I thought, like, Panay and Aiden got their moment. You know, kind of showed, like, them talking about iron sharpens iron. Uh, Hawk threw the one block, but that was really it. But, like, 
the the concerning thing to me is as far as the players go that were featured in this, either as like story elements or even just like impact guys, like we're missing a lot of the dudes I would hope would be like the faces of this team. Like where was DeAndre Swift? Where was St. Brown? Like I I hope that changes. Like Jared Goff is lame as shit. Like, the only thing we got from our quarterback was complimenting our rookie's dad on, like, come on. Like, show me something. All right. Show me something. And, like, like, is our entire team our backup running back? Is that it? Because that's the only player that had a moment last night. Yeah, um, I think I think that the first episode, and, I mean, this could end up being the whole show, but is more focused on Dan Campbell. And I think it's just because so many, I mean, God, the one-liners that just came out of that dude in that episode alone could write half a book. But, like, you know, I, I, I hope that they do focus more on other players and, and you know, not so much. Like, I think the first episode was good just for the staff, the coaching staff. How they reminisced on their playing days, I really liked that. Um, and I, I'm hoping that going forward that there's more player interactions because I definitely expect more of that. Yeah, I think yesterday they were trying to highlight the coaching staff, which they haven't really done, but the Lions coaching staff is so unique. I think maybe in the next episode you're going to see, like, the Amon Rossi and Browns and all those other guys being showcased. Yeah, I hope so. And even, like, Hawk, like, it was cool to see him throw the block, right? And oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a competitor. I want to see more. Because I think we do have a nice young core, but, yeah, I don't know. The The staff stuff makes sense. I enjoyed it. I had no idea half those dudes were even on the staff. I'm not nearly as much of an educated Lions fan as I should be, but like Antoine Randall L was like one of my football heroes growing up. So sick that he's on the staff, but yeah, I just, I want to feel like our young core has some personality and some competitive edge to them. And I felt like that was wildly missing from last night's episode. Yeah, I I do agree. Like I said, I think it's just the launching of the episode. So I'm hoping (laughs) That it turns the corner because I want to see more of the players. I want to see, yeah, like the faces, future face of our franchise and Swift and and uh, St. Brown. So I just that's that's something I'm hoping for. Like we got more personality from Devin Gardner last night than we did from all of those young players we just named. That sucks. Yeah. And he was like kind of a dud. I'm not going to lie. I was like, man, you should have gotten more like, you know, in tune. But it was just kind of like, man, I don't know. It is what it is. But um Yeah, um, I think they're going to showcase these guys in the next coming episodes. And I think they're also going to showcase a player where you might not necessarily think is a star, but they like choose these undrafted guys, right? Um, for example, a few years ago, the Rams showcased Juju Hughes right now is on the lines, an undrafted kid. They talked about a story. So I think we'll see something unique like that as well. Yeah, I hope so. You know, to answer Nate's question, um, I don't think – can the guys even opt out of this? Or if it's like, if they're on the team, they have to. I'm actually not sure of that. Um, they don't like, I, I think they don't have to necessarily be in it if they don't want to. Like, they can stay out of the spotlight. But why wouldn't you want to be in the spotlight? It's good for you. Right. Considering you're in the spotlight already every weekend, it's a little, a couple extra. I mean, I teach their own. But, yeah, I, I'm hoping that that's not the case. Hopefully everyone we see, um, you know, big name-wise, we, we get a grip on this this series right and like if you're a guy trying to fight for a roster spot why wouldn't you want your story out there right like more teams could see it people see it you have a better chance to make other teams yeah for sure um there was another thing i wanted to touch on and i can't really remember i'm trying to like my like list i was going through this morning but um just just like the one-liners though i think it's going to be just so good or just so bad because it's like, and you know, he, he even came out and said this morning, none of this shit matters unless they win. So here's to just hoping that we win. So some of these quotes can go down as like the best in history <laughs> with no underlying underneath it. <laughs> yeah. Winning talks. If you're not winning, he's not going to be here for a while. He's not going to be here. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, yeah, well, but you talk about like the Glenn and, and, you know, Deuce, that whole interaction between them and knowing that like, that's how they've always been is just downright hilarious. Like I was dying. Like he was, you know, Deuce is so intense 
and just to know that they hype each other up in a way just like talking shit is like all all about my game so i'm like okay like i, I love it i love it my favorite part is like yo ag i love you but i'm gonna fuck you up it's like <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm gonna fuck him up. It's like, okay, I see you. <laughs> I 100% thought he was saying something else the first time he said that in the room when uh, AG was standing and all the players are sitting, just like listening to the pep talk shit. And he's like, it's okay to love. Like I, I love you, and I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> like that was a hard pause in between yeah. there. <laughs> I asked, I kind of paused there. I was like, whoa, chill out, bro. Yeah, he's intense. I, I'm still laughing over him. I tell the guys just not to bust ass in that room. He's like, you will be fine. It's like, what? What kind of horrific stories have you went through where you're willing to find someone? Yeah, and he, like, he pointed out Jamal. I was like, Jamal knows you'll be fine. So I'm guessing Jamal did it last year or something. <laughs> Probably. What's up, Carter? What's going on, y'all? I just had to pop up. I want to say uh, my thoughts kind of on the episode. Uh, first off, let's start with the good stuff. Let's not start off with negative stuff. Um, it's I come to look the hard knocks for like entertainment. Like I don't really look it too deep into it. Honestly, my favorite part of watching hard knocks in the past, at least, I feel like they gotten away from it. But like in the early hard knock days, like back to like. I think I can't remember what team it was exactly, but like Dammy Amendola trying to make the team like the best part of hard knocks to me is and I hope this happens in this camp is that they like latch on to some undrafted dude or like some some guy that's in a position battle and some guys fighting to make like the last part of the team or something like that. I think like that's the best part of the hard knocks uh, kind of storyline. Uh, so I hope to see that more and maybe less assistant coaches, but it was pretty cool seeing the assistant coaches. I had no idea Hank Praley was our offensive line coach. Like, I think it's fire. We got a bunch of ex players kind of as our assistant, as our assistant coaching staff. I mean, obviously I come from the realm of people who played the game, do a better job at teaching the game. So I'm all for that. Uh, negatives. And I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Our defense is getting cooked all episode. Like they couldn't tackle. <laughs> they, they. I feel like they, I feel like our defense is just gonna like. I, I don't know. Like I came into this year like thinking it's gonna stink, and last night did nothing for me. Um, and I also maybe I can get some assistance from y'all on this. But how do I shake the fact that I hate Michigan football and love Aiden Hutchinson? And I need to like love Aiden Hutchinson because I can't shake it. I can't do it. What do I do? You, you just gotta let it go, okay? Because one of my favorite players, one of my favorite players in the NFL, or at least used to be, was Michael Thomas. And you just gotta let that shit go. You just gotta let it go. If I can like Ohio State players, you can eventually let it go on like Hutch. Yeah, <laughs> Especially if like he's like doing good. I mean, I hate if he does bad because he's gonna get killed by all of you. But like, if he does good, you just gotta appreciate it. I need him to do good. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like if he doesn't do good, then. Well, yeah, you're right. He's definitely as fucked because I'm going off. But I need him to do. I need him to be good. You're too petty, Cart. Though, be honest. Like, there's a there's a big part of you hoping he doesn't do well, even though you're a huge, lifelong season ticket holding Lions fan. Mm, no, no, honestly, no. I need him to be good. I really do. Like, my worst nightmare is that he's bad and Kayvon Thibodeau is generational. Like that's my that's my literal worst nightmare. Did you guys uh like it was towards the end? They're like, did you guys think Hutch is the guy? They're like, yeah, we got a star. Well, yeah, I mean, what the fuck are they supposed to say? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I think I think we made a mistake, y'all. This kid's not it. <laughs> like, right. I I do think though, and I mean, this is even just you you we've all seen his intelligence with the game. That I think that he does learn things quickly, and you know, like like Campbell said that you know with Hawk, you know, doing that block, you know, that's probably going to happen one more time. And then he's not going to let it happen again. The fact that like they've got the confidence in him to just learn and be better. And that like, they're already not really worried about it is great to me because I think that at least, you know, if he can't be the greatest, he could give the greatest effort out of anybody. And that, that, that would stand a test of time that this kid is a hard worker and will do what it takes. So I'm I'm hoping that the ceiling is just the sky with him and and that they're they're right in what they believe in so far. 
If I could root for Jonah, Taylor, and uh, Akuda, you could root for uh, Hutch. You'll be fine. I, I mean, I'm hoping to get there by the start of the season, but it's it's a process. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dan talking shit. What else is new? Yeah, having to shut a tight end's block. It's also the first time in the pros for this guy, so we'll see if it happens again. <laughs> So we're hammering under six and a half wins, right? No, what are you talking about? Taking the over, actually. Yeah. Car, yeah. this is this is my biggest problem. I'm glad you brought this up. My biggest problem is that every Lions fan seems to have flipped in the last 24 hours to like, oh, we can compete. No, and that's the, the, the last the thing, thing is, we want to do. The thing is, Greg, I think like that was already in motion, and like Hard Knocks led up to that. But I don't understand, like, why do we want to make the playoffs this year? We don't. Don't rush rebuilds. We are on the right path. We need to lose again. I mean, but you think, though, even last year, with all of those injuries, how many games do we, like, have fluke losses where, like, we played against some great teams and stayed right with them till the very end? And, you know, I kind of always almost want to think of last year's Lions similar to last year's Nebraska football team because – they're like one of the best worst teams I've ever seen, and I want that. Ag- I want that again. <laughs> I'm just saying the flip of the coin could go a lot different, and we could pick up five more and be over six. So it's like I just, I just don't think that even with those, even with those injuries, we we did that. And so if we're healthy and stuff, I just can't see us winning under six games. I really can't. And you don't want that again, especially you're trying to build a culture here with a new coaching staff and players and young guys. You don't want them to get accustomed to losing. You want to build on what you did last year. So with with all due respect to both of you, I love you both. Uh, Pierre, I follow you on Twitter. I know you're incredibly knowledgeable. Like, let's let's learn from what the Pistons have done successfully. I don't give a damn about, like, the quote-unquote building winning culture if the difference is seven and nine or three and whatever, like th- this team's not a playoff team, even if they build on things. We need C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young is what we need, just like the Pistons needed Jaden Ivey. And if they had made the play-in game, we're not close to being back. Yeah. I will say, though, could you honestly look in Jamal Williams' eye and say, you guys are going to – like we want you guys to only win three games again? You think that after that speech that that guy is going to be like even – any of those guys are going to want to lose that many games again. It's just not that, 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 that might get us the four wins, but like that was dope. But like that doesn't tackle players. That doesn't score touchdowns. I don't no, know. I, I don't think anyone's going to look him in their eyes and like be okay with losing. Yeah. I don't want that. But what I do want to realize is it was fucking Jamal Williams saying that. Okay. Like that, that's not DeAndre Swift. That's not Saquon Barkley coming out with that fire. That's a dude who, by all accounts, is a backup for the entirety of his career. Well, I know. I just think that he's trying to step into a leader role, and I want someone like that. I want someone who's going to be passionate to be a leader for these young guys, you know, and whether he's the running back uh, backup or not, you know, I think he's going to probably be fighting the hardest. I mean, I, that's just my opinion. But I'm not trying to sit here and, like, be keep chugging the Kool-Aid. I know that there's things to work on. I know that it's a long leap to say that, they could possibly win even up to 10 games. But this schedule, too, is one of the easiest that they've had in, like, a long time. Like, we always have the most difficult. So that's just another reason in my eyes where I think we could pull off a couple more games than what you guys are thinking. Yeah, and then, Greg, to answer the C.J. Stroud question, like, if the Lions want a quarterback, they have ammo. They have two first-round picks. We saw they weren't scared to do it with J-Mo and where Brad Holmes comes from. Like, the Rams also aren't afraid to trade up for a guy or trade picks for a guy. So I don't think that necessarily matters. If they want a quarterback, they'll go get that quarterback. Brad Holmes will do what Brad Holmes does best, and that's like to blow our minds away. So I'm ready for it. He wanted JMO. He went up from 32 to 13, fleeced Kwesi, and got JMO. Yeah, that's fair. I just think it's easier to do that when you have the most possible ammo instead of whatever you get being 8-8. Eight and eight. But, like, okay, you, you lose games, though. Players are going to be like, all right, well, what are we doing here? Like, this is three wins this year, four wins this year. Like, what's going on here? Like, players start to question what you're doing. They need to see the vision. Do we really think NFL players aren't questioning the lines? Okay. 
It don't I mean, here we go. I, I mean, what are we talking about? Someone needs to really humble this dude. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, I mean, what are we talking about? Anyway, um, G, I'm a refrain comment on the Jaden Ivy thing. His game will speak for itself. Uh, but I made a few notes. One, Jamal Williams stinks. So, like, any speech he made, any questioning of the Lions is only times 10 after we all had to listen to him speak as if he's somebody. Uh, I don't even know how he got a jersey. And we're talking about, like, players questioning. Anyway, um, I was watching the episode and knew just from listening to Lions fans all offseason that there's, like, buzzwords y'all enjoy, uh, culture, intensity, Dan Campbell. How are you going to build a culture? How do you have any sense of fucking intensity when 90% of this episode was the players complaining that they have to play football or the coaches complaining that they don't want to play football? Like that shit was a clown show for an hour yesterday or an hour and a half, whatever it was, mixed in with with Aiden Hutchinson singing Michael Jackson and a third string running back crying. Okay, well, Dion, what what could have happened in yesterday's episode that would have changed your mind on anything? It's a hard knocks episode. Uh, them completing a tackle. I don't think they complained. I just think they were rusty. It was like day one of camp, right? Pads are on first time. They were missing their tackles. I don't think they were necessarily complaining. They were just not tackling well. I'm like 90% sure they literally complained about having to have pads on. <laughs> I'm really disturbed by your sense of percentages, Dion. I really, really am. But no, I mean, I like, mean the, you, just, you just wake up a hater every day. So we, we're expecting this. It's okay. But no, you're right. None of it can mean shit. None of it can mean anything. The players could question whatever they do. But like, guess what? We're enjoying our Lions and you just got to suck it up. And, I, mean, yeah, I don't care. That, they bro, doesn't like, every NFL player complain about training camp? Like they don't want to do it, and they definitely don't want to be fully padded and going live. That's a fact. It's I mean, every well, NFL player. That's why the good teams don't go on hard knocks, though, Cart. Like, there's a reason y'all are on it. weren't the, weren't the Rams on hard knocks a few years ago? Yeah, then they stunk. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. When they, yeah, no, they stunk. No, they won. No, they went to the Super Bowl that year. Did they win it? Uh, they won it last year. They were pretty good last year. They won it. They they won a championship more recently than your team has. I know. It's so a problem. It's a problem. And my middle linebacker and my starting wide receiver are fighting each other. I want both of them <laughs> knocked out. This is real life. Hot, wait, JMO is wearing number nine now. Now what? What? When did that yeah. happen? So he reached out to Stafford and he asked him. Stafford allowed it. So. You wanted oh. It just happened just now, like about 20 minutes ago. Oh, shit. God, you know, this is exactly why I wait till the damn season starts to ever buy any jerseys. I know people that bought Williams jerseys, so RIP. Honestly, I'm not a fan. Yeah, that, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> He's changing after people already bought jerseys. That's, that's, that's tough. Yeah. That's cool that he reached out to Matt Stafford, though. I like it. You know, I respect that, but like, that number should be off limits. Yeah, it should definitely already be like retired. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> At least for the Detroit franchise. Yeah. Yeah, I think it just puts him in a really awkward position too, right? Like, I, I hope that conversation went with like Stafford was saying, "Yeah, you can, but do you really want to?" Like. <laughs> That might be weird. I don't know. Like that just seems like that would be a hard, a hard sell. Like for fans that really get behind that, it just brings up weird emotions for no reason. I think. Well, you know what though, I and mean, I think just how Matthew Stafford is though, and just how much he does still love Detroit. I mean, he he went off and he won his Super Bowl, so it's not like you know he's you know sitting there and his numbers being used and he still hasn't done anything. I just I don't know. It just seems who he is as a person that wouldn't really bother him. I don't think he'd ever have an issue with that, but. I agree that it should have never really been asked. <laughs> yeah, Stafford's not going to say no. Right, absolutely. Let's hope Stafford loves Detroit enough that he decides to rest his elbow all season so he can get another top draft pick, just, you know, just for fun. Right, right. I'd like to hear a Kelly Stafford vlog about how she feels about Jameson Williams taking number nine. Oh, God, please, no. <laughs> Kelly was probably like, just give it to him, Matt. You don't know what he'll do to you. 
Oh, my gosh. Anybody got anything else? <laughs> yeah, no, I was I was going back in my notes, my bad. Now I also want to talk about I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Is it like Ezzy or Easy? I don't know. When he was talking about picking Memphis, you know, because he had and I didn't even know that he had only had like he never played football when he came to the States. And this man got drafted by the NFL. Like that's awesome. And it's like he was sitting there talking about choosing Memphis, and Hutch just wasn't having it. If you could do it all over, you wouldn't pick Michigan. It's like, bro, just let him. He loves Memphis like you do Michigan. <laughs> yeah, Memphis was actually okay then. Ooh, they were winning bowl games, stuff like that. Yeah, he he also dropped that he got offered by Alabama, LSU, but he just never knew, you know, the the good teams and stuff because he was this, you know, new U.S. this and whatnot. So I think that that was kind of, it was kind of cool that he chose Memphis over all of those. I'm sure that was like a slap in the face to them. God, Hutch is such a Michigan man. He really So admirable. <laughs> you know what though? But what a life, you know, if it was someone you liked, you would be like, Wow, like he got to stay in Michigan, be the hero for his college team, be the hero, you know, hopefully be the hero for his, you know, pro. What what guy wouldn't want to do that? Whose dreams wouldn't be something like that? You know what I mean? It's a great story for sure. It's an okay story. You're just a hater. I am. Look, I, I I bleed I bleed green and white, and I can't even deny that it's it, it's cool that he gets to play in Detroit. So let's just. We can't argue with that. Uh, can, can, I, can I make an argument one real quick here? Um, can we agree that the whole flag football picture thing is overblown? Like anyone in here who plays flag football, whether they're a Lions fan or not, in the state of Michigan, all got Lions jerseys when they played flag football when they were seven. That's the That's the only team that was there. Everyone got right. jerseys. I was curious to the percentage that made it all the way to the pros. <laughs> eh, not a lot, but I'm saying that happens. I like know. that that happens. In, that happens to every any kid who plays football in the state of Michigan. Yeah. You know, everything is going to be blown up and out of proportion with him, just like it was for in college and stuff. And so it's just going to be the storyline. So maybe just maybe just mute the storyline for a while on social media, Carter, for your mental health. <laughs> I might because I. I it was, it was it was hard for me just to sit there and hear Mrs. Hutchinson just lie about how she just stepped on the photo one day. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that she, like, sleeps in that makeup. Because I swear it's, like, always, like, the same. And she's always, like, so nice looking. It's like, now you prepare daily. <laughs> she, just stum- she just stumbled upon it like it was a banana in Mario Kart. Like, come on. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, I didn't believe yeah dad, dad put it on the floor so she could have that story because he wanted him to go there anyway. They, they knew where the Lions were drafting. Are you guys a fan of the one eye black? Um, I mean, I know when he was talking about it and stuff, but, like, honestly – I was I didn't even pay attention enough that he did that that same one every game because I swear like I saw on both eyes at one game but maybe I'm just like confusing it but um I would probably do both if I was gonna do one but that's just me. Honestly, I don't care what he does as long as he's giving me sacks and producing. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Our defensive eye can't put on eye black right here. He was getting it in his eye. He's damaging his vision. (laughs) Screwed. ML, what did you think about everything? What did you think about the episode? Yeah, ML, what did you think about one of your seven teams? Hey, good morning, Carter. How are you, sir? Good morning, my brother. <laughs> Wait, does it's, it's, ML claim the Lions? No. Is that actually a thing? No. He knows that. All right, bro. Here we go. Are, are we going to focus on Alexi's show, or you want me to come embarrass you later, Carter, just because you got some energy from some good recruiting? I'm good going. So I'm good right now. All right, cool. All right, appreciate it. Lexi, to answer your question, uh, good morning good morning, and good afternoon to everybody. Uh, I always – I actually like the concept of hard knocks a lot. 
Uh, and it's cool that the Lions are being featured because of the aspect of we don't know a lot of their players because we just don't focus on um, losing teams. I mean, this is not to be a diss. It just is what it is. You just look up the records, obviously, in the futility. But Dan Campbell, <laughs> to, if you were to look at his pathway from his very first press conference and talking about biting knees and, you know, acting like he was a mob boss and like kept repeating it, et cetera, you could still feel that energy. Right. Uh, but. And then also you could see that they were playing better towards the end of the year. They needed wide receiver one. They needed a lot of things. And so it's fun that they focused on him. And also I like the aspect of being able to show all of his former, all of his coaching staff are former NFL players. I love that aspect is he's trying to create that culture about accountability. Uh, this is what we're used to the, uh, and, and like what an NFL organization should be. So that's a, you know, in ter- terms of picking three, that's a great thing. The new helmet situation or the additional additional helmet situation was interesting uh, because he's like, man, these are these are heavy. I want to know, what, like, what are the metrics of those actually working? Uh, number two, the next episodes is what I'm more what I really want to see. Like Greg said that he's right. Jared Goff is kind of I'm, he's so vanilla. Jared Goff is so vanilla. Hopefully he shows a little bit more personality because this team needs a leader. And Goff played a lot better last year towards the end of the year. Uh, when he was actually healthy, uh, it looked like he had a better command of the offense. Uh, but maybe some of Dan Campbell's energy can rub, rub off on him. Pause. Um, and then they need to establish somebody else on the defensive side, non-rookie, who's going to be able to lead the team. And I think we're going to be able to see more of those personalities. And then we'll have the sobbing story about who's going to get cut on the last day, who hates the NFL, who gets picked up by the waivers. Yeah, that was definitely a this is a, this is a great episode. Um, I I did like I said I love the fact that all of these ex NFL players are coaching and a lot of them have won Super Bowls, so like they know what this winning culture is like and they want to bring it to Detroit. I mean, who doesn't want to be the ones going down in history to like, you know, to turn around the Lions fran- franchise? That's like the story of a millennium. So yeah, um, absolutely. It's like when Greg like pods with Carter, he needs to like you know, provide Carter with some winning ways when his team can't even make it out of the second weekend. But Greg is so used to his teams doing so well. You just hope that this rubs off from Carter, you know, eventually, you know, over the last, because when you're trying to establish that culture. Well, I'm glad that your tactics rubbed off on me because I just adapt multiple teams. So I can have a team in the NIT. I can have a team in the CBI. I can really have a team almost in every conference. It makes it a lot easier to deal with it instead of putting all my eggs in one basket. So I thank you for that, ML. I, I'm, I'm really just... I can't wait until the first Sunday picture of you going downtown in your black shirt, your black hat, and then you saying pain about an hour and a half into the game. So whatever is better. Brother, all I know is pain. I was born. I was born in pain. I was bred from pain. But we bought pain. I want CJ Stroud. That's another thing. Have we talked about the betting? Actually, we'll be talking about the betting implications tomorrow. Um, but I shared a tweet with Lexi, Greg, and Carter about Barry Sanders. Like, <laughs> hilarious that that MGM paid him to do this. Uh, but he's saying, yeah, take the over six and a half wins. There's no need to win this year. Who cares if you win this year? It's about setting a culture. Sometimes maybe that setting a culture is not a setting culture of winning because you don't have the players or you're actually the, you're not going to get last. You cannot be last in this division because Chicago is awful. The Bears are awful. Um, and their second field is terrible. And you may get the better th- passer out of the Ohio State quarterbacks, in fact, I'm, in my opinion. So that could be interesting, too. Well, if we can't we, – the Ohio State quarterbacks, and this is coming from an Ohio State alumni. I'm a Big Ten mutt, so whatever. But the Ohio State quarterbacks ain't nothing. I'm sorry. Like, they're college only. Mm-hmm. I don't want one. And the fact that mm-hmm. the fact that Justin Fields got drafted by Chicago just proves that he's not going to be a good quarterback. So – I, I'm nervous about that. And don't tell Jamal Williams we don't need to leave th- to win this year. So regarding, <laughs> uh, like, Ohio State quarterbacks, don't scout the helmet, scout the player. That's, like, number one rule in scouting. Another thing with Stroud, go look at his rushing stats, guys. It's it's not good. Yeah, I know. Although, I, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to sit here <laughs> and debate an Ohio State fan about how I want to draft his QB next year. But I just, uh, I think that, you know, if we do have the chance to get him, I would like CJ. I think he does have the talent to be there. Bryce Young, I, I do want a little more, I'll say. But, um, yeah, 
it's funny. <laughs> At least you can admit that, you know, Ohio State is not QBU because a lot of people have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. And for what it's worth, for what it's worth, mm-hmm. I am a, a Michigan State diehard who went to Ohio State. I wore my Spartan jersey in 2015 in the north end zone during during the, the kick that sealed the fate on my anniversary with my wife, who also went to Ohio State. It was beautiful. So I'm not a fan, but I, I don't hate the Buckeyes. But, yeah, I, I just I don't trust the quarterbacks. I think the system's good. Mm-hmm. They have amazing wide receivers, and that's kind of it. Damn, though, that's a, that's a, a hell of a combo. <laughs> like I'm just kidding. He had like 32 rush or carries for like negative 20 yards. He's not good. Like he's not a mobile quarterback. Yeah. Kyle, I'm glad you said you're a Michigan State fan because I got a little comparison for you. Saying don't tell Jamal Williams we're not going to win this year would be like saying don't tell Steven Izzo we're not going to win a national title this year. Like it's, it's come on. Do we not know who Jamal Williams is? Like that's cool. He yelled. He cares. That's awesome. I hope the good players care. Mm-hmm. And to, to compare, I would just say say that to his mm-hmm. face. You just compared Jamal, compared Jamal Williams, who will probably be running back number two, to a walk-on who has no really business being on a basketball court just because his dad is a coach. Can we can we mm-hmm. can we slow the roll on that a little bit? They're gonna have equal impact on their team ever winning anything in the postseason. Like, if Jamal Williams is our needle mover, that tells me exactly what we already think we know about where the Detroit Lions are right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel Jamal like Williams make the team, respectfully. Maybe this is a thing of, like, will he eventually make the team? Like, I mean, we got to see no, all the preseason No, he's going to make the right? team. Like, he's a, he's a great backup mm-hmm. running back. But that's what he is. He's a backup running back. Like, and I loved watching the sure. speech, but that has no implication. Like, what is Jamal Williams going to do? He's going to willpower his way to winning playoff games for the Lions? When DeAndre Swift misses a quarter mm-hmm. of the season, like, he's going to yeah, play. And he better be somewhat decent. That's, that's why we stink. Yes. I, I, I understand that. But to say, mm-hmm. like, yeah, all I'm saying is, is he going to make the team? Are we kidding? Like, what are he's we talking lot. about? Unless you think they're trading for Kareem Hunt. I don't know what you're talking about. He's a lot. Sure, but the pendability and where Greg is saying, Greg's point is this: Jamal Williams, if he is your impact leader from a from a vocal standpoint, that is not helping recreate the culture or to create the culture that Dan Campbell is wanting. So, who's that going to be on the? It's either got to be on the other side of the ball. Uh, or in my opinion, either Jerry Goff has got to step up and get out of his shell because he's playing for a contract too. And I think you're going to see a lot of that. And he, hopefully they get into the humane business side of um, the humane business side of this is that Jerry Goff is going to be playing for a contract and having like, Hey, the lions are trying to create the culture. Are you the leader for this? I think there's so many good storylines that can come from, and I hope people who are not lions fans uh, like myself, can still find some entertainment in it. I'm a, I'm obsessed with leaders who try to create culture, uh, and that's why I, I love this for Dan Campbell. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's where I'm at on it. I have no problem with Jamal Williams doing that. By the way, like I love, I loved that. I love Jamal Williams as a player. He's fun. He's great. I hope he rubs off on the rest of the team. What I have the problem with is acting like like that speech means anything to our team winning. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like. He's a backup running back who his mental willpower and his desire to win games will have zero impact on how many games the Lions win this year. I disagree with that. I think he's having an impact. Um, if Swift misses any time, he's your starter. And we've seen Swift so far. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. So Jamal Williams, has he's like a 1B. He's not even the number two. He's like a 1B running back. They use him in short distance, right, like third and one, third and two, whatever, goal line situations. And the Swift goes down, he's your guy. And whether or not he should, whether or not he should be the vocal leader, whether or not he's the most talented guy, like we're not, I'm not sitting here arguing like he's going to be the offensive MVP. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, I'm just saying, and part of it was a tongue in cheek joke. Like, you know, we just had a whole episode that was the promo. He's crying about winning games and how last year wasn't it. Like, I, I disagree with you in the sense that that can't have an impact. Right. He's a veteran player. This is a young team. And 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 someone needs to set the tone. Those guys like Hutch, guys like Penny Sewell, like guys like J-Mo, those are going to be the guys that carry the culture, you know, starting even 
later into the season into next year. But to have guys that can come in, play their role, do it well, and and play with the kind of passion impact like that that has to mean something. If it didn't, then why do we care about Dan Campbell at all? And maybe you guys don't. I'm new here, so. No, I agree with you, Kyle. I mean, to say they would have zero. I mean, I don't think that Jamal is going to like be like Braveheart, you know, and sit here and lead this team to all their victories. But you need to establish a positive and like loving culture among your your teammates and I think that he can establish that and positivity only brings more positivity so I I loved it but I'm not going to sit here and say that 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 specific speech is going to win games but damn it if it doesn't affect their mentality on that field Jamal Williams has played five years in the NFL three of those five seasons he's had within 50 carries of the leading carrier on his team So either he's actually the first option or he's like a neck-and-neck 1A, 1B. Those three seasons, his team had a losing record, including two seasons in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. Like, if he's on the football field more, this team will be bad. It just is what it is. I love him as a a player. I love his mentality, but he is not a needle mover at all. It's a bad thing if DeAndre Swift can't stay healthy. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is Carter uh, there still? I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping we go on 17. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, Carter. Are you? Do you feel any better about Hutch after yesterday? Or you? I mean, you're not throwing the talent on him, right? Like just because of the short arm. No, 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 no. Not. Honestly, like I feel like Hutch is. I don't I really don't feel like I have to worry about Hutch because at worst, like at worst, I don't think he's gonna stink. I don't think he's gonna stink. Like at worst, I think he'll be a okay to good NFL player. Like I don't think he'll just be a complete bust. Um I don't I don't know. I can't really get any any feel for it necessarily. What's he gonna do or what's he gonna be? Like changing my mind on him as a player. Um I don't know. Coming into the season, like I still don't think that Hutchinson was the best defensive end on that team. I'll still believe that as far as the Michigan football team. Um, I know people will argue that with me to the death, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really worried about Hutch, but the fact of the matter is like we have so many holes on defense still that it's going to be hard to win football games. So I love Malcolm Rodriguez, though, by the way. I don't know if that was mentioned yet. Yes, I love him too. That's another aspect. Like I we, to talk we've been, about. we've I been, le- I've been, I've been <laughs> yearning for a linebacker for this team so goddamn bad. We haven't had a linebacker that was good since DeAndre Levy, and we lost him to an unfortunate fucking. I don't, what what did he do to get hurt again? Didn't he like get a hip infection or something? What happened to him? I can't remember. It was something like off, like not normal though. Some like funky ass inter- uh, injury we lost him to, but like literally like, that's the last. Or something? Wasn't it like off? It wasn't like even football related, right? No, wasn't it? No, like- he was like he was do. I I want. I gotta go look it up, but I feel like he was doing some type of like he was on vacation and he got like a some infection in his hip or something. I don't know. I'll go look it up, but just saying like that was the last time we had a good linebacker. Uh, I'm disgusted that I'm going to have to watch Alex Anzalone again this year. I hate that dude. He stinks. Um, I don't know what Derek Barnes is going to be. So, like, we need a linebacker who at least will be a thumper and a hitter, and I I think that's Malcolm Rodriguez. So that was a good part of the episode, a good part of the Hard Knocks episode, too. I really like him, and I've been seeing, you know, of course, like Pierre and all the Lions guys do their write-ups and things like that, and they've had nothing but good things to say about him. So that's been refreshing to hear. Do you think? Uh, do you think there's any uh, way they try to pursue Roquan Smith? Uh, I don't. I, I just. I have a hard time believing, even though the Bears are so inept as an organization right now, that they would be stupid enough to trade us him. There's. I. 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 I mean, I know they're they're bad and they're a stupid franchise. Like they really have Justin Fields throwing to wide receivers that'll probably be in this green room chat the next week and the, just listening in because they won't have jobs. But yeah, I don't know. I just don't think they'd be stupid enough to trade them to us. What do you think it takes to get them? Like regardless of whether it's a Lions, what do you think? It, what's the price tag? <sighs> mm, that might be a Pierre question. I'm bad at that type of stuff, to be honest with you. 
So I don't even want to. I don't even want to throw an attempt at it. They want a first round pick for him. Okay, nah, they can kick rocks. I love Roquan, but nah, not a first round pick. Yeah, I'm hoping that they they keep their picks as ammo to find something real good, which I think they will. I don't think they'll just throw it on anything, but keep building those up. <laughs> so I know, Greg, you talked about earlier um, going through and kind of each of us giving a star to three different players on who we thought was, you know, the best or most impactful on the first episode. So you want to start us off with that? Yeah, let's do a little three stars thing, like a classic NHL vibes. Uh, I got I got three names, just three people. Could be players, could be coaches, could be anyone for the episode. Uh, my third star is going to go to Aiden Hutchinson's sister. No additional comment on that. My second cool. star, my second star is going to go to Deuce Staley, and my first star of the episode goes to Jamal Williams. It was a great speech, as much as I want to shit on him. Like, that was that stole the episode. Yeah, that was definitely. What about you, Kurt? Uh, let's see. Well, uh, before I do this, I also want to mention that Devin Gardner was a useless part of the episode, and he stunk as a part of the Hard Knocks episode. I just want to throw that Max. out. Uh, let's see here. Um, my star, the first star, I'm going to give to DeAndre Swift for wearing that blue visor in the scrimmage at Ford Field. That shit was fire. I love that dude. Please stay healthy for the love of God. I need breakout Swift this year. Second, I'll go Malcolm Rodriguez. Third, I don't want to give it to Jamal Williams. I'll give it to Jamal Williams' phrase. The get off the porch phrase was fire. So I'll give it to that. Not the speech as a whole, though. Okay. What about you, Kyle? Mm-hmm. So three is is there's like the first star. I don't know hockey. So first star is my best, and third like that's one, two, three. Is that what we're saying? So go mm-hmm. reverse order. So save reverse your order. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my third star would would probably be Jamal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he's not in the top three. Uh, my second star is, um, oh, Cabinda's face, or is that, what is his name? (laughs) In the original, uh, Dan Campbell speech, that one, the tight end, his face is just hilarious. That just cracked me up. Uh, and the number one has got to be, uh, the bromance between, uh, AG and Deuce. Like, those guys are just hilarious. I loved it. Uh, and then honorable mention for his uh, no farting in the uh, in the the meeting room. That was hilarious at the end from Deuce mm-hmm. Daly. I agree, hilarious. What about you, ML? Really, really enjoyed. Let me just say, I love the Dan Campbell speech. Thought it was a great intro. I'm sad we you know we saw that as a promo before the episode start, or you know as a uh, lead into the episodes over the last two three weeks. But I thought this speech was very good. Love the definition of grit. Uh, number two, the three one three shirt that Coach Campbell wore, really tough, really tough. Really like it. I'm the black. Need and... those. You don't like them? No, no. I said I'm gonna need one of those ASAP. <laughs> oh, I thought you said the gross, but that probably just assumed that there was negativity here because Dion was here on the uh, app earlier. Uh, Carter, I think we probably should just make sh- like that needs to be worn in the sleepers. Uh, video ASAP, sir. Um, oh, it's happening. Along with my Penn A. Sewell jersey, which is on the way. Yes, yes. And also, how about Deuce Daly? I thought he gave the best best response out of all the coaches of regarding training camp. Uh, it is just blatant. I, anybody, anytime anybody uses uh, the MF, I love it. So uh, those those are my three stars. Uh, Greg, look, great concept, by the way. Shout out to three stars. My first Understanding of the three stars was NHL 94. <laughs> nice. Video yeah. game. Because I had never been to a hockey game before that. Wait, 19, you, you were playing video games in 1994? I sure was. I sure was. I played some Mad 97. I'll never forget it. I'm sure it was like squares on a field. 
ML old ass. What, what, about, what about you, Pierre? What's your ranking? So my third is Jamal Williams. That speech was very inspiring. Second was AG and Deuce. I loved how they were going at it with each other. Number one is Campbell. Just his sound bites, the way he commands his team, the way he respects his players. Are we concerned that our coach isn't able to get over a fence in his house? No. I mean, you're tall. Like you gotta say, you you haven't been clumsy at some point, Carter. Come on. That's true. I definitely done <laughs> stuff like that, but I'm not a head football coach. Yeah. He's got some little yippy dogs, right? That's what that was. He's, it was because of the small dogs under his feet. It wasn't the game. Yeah, yeah. He almost crushed them. He said earlier. Can I ask one last question before we wrap up? Yeah. I we we all mentioned how inspiring that Jamal Williams speech was today. I want to know. Did anybody in this room do anything different this morning based off that speech? Like, did it fire you up to do something different this morning? I mean, to be honest, I was, like, tearing up again watching it this morning. I got goosebumps. Tearing up? Come on, Manny. It was a rough year for them. He's had a rough career. It's like, let's just, like, be happy. I'm just an emotional. I'm a woman, okay? Leave it. (laughs) No, but... Hey, I was just wonder. I was just wondering because it was so inspiring. You didn't it get was. some extra up downs in car. You didn't hit the gym at what six a.m. today. Hey, honestly, rest. honestly, that shit was impressive. Anyone in here has played football? Like that's a lot of fucking up downs in a row for an old ass man. Yeah, with a bad wrist too, bro. Yeah. That was impressive, like, man. I know why. God, I hated up downs. I didn't know NFL players still did up downs. Like I thought that was a high school football thing. Oh, I hate bur- I call them burpees, but yeah, they're the worst. Mm-hmm. Lexi, you gotta do your stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> going around the horn. Forgot about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at like the same level as a lot of you guys. That I uh, I can't leave Jamal out. I can't leave that speech out. I can't leave this. You know, if you're a puppy pissing on a porch, I don't even know. But it was great. I'll about I'll say I, I just want that to be my third because. Um, you know, the, the, for the second one, I'm going to give to Hawk. He didn't have to say anything, but the way that he just rocked Aiden. And I mean, I love me some punch and all you guys know that, but like he put Aiden on his ass just to let him know. And it's like, Oh, hell yeah. I see it. I like it. And that was, you know, kind of my favorite, I guess, nonverbal, um, thing that I saw in the first episode. And then I'm to, to, for Deuce, Deuce alone, I'm just going to have to say is the greatest intensity. Like he's the same level as Campbell. So I'm sure that's why they like clicked so easily. And like he got him on the staff, but um, yeah, I want that type of intensity on the sidelines from him with those players. That's going to be huge. I think it's going to be really great. And the dynamic with him and, and Glenn are just is amazing. So I'm really looking forward to that. I completely forgot about that block. Yeah, that 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 was amazing. The 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 chip block from Hawk was amazing. Um, and so I have two more comments. One, right. One comment for all of you uh, Michigan people. Just let's not forget that Dan Campbell totally stole that drag him into the deep end from uh, from Mel Tucker. So let's just let's just acknowledge that um, that was Tuck's thing from last year. And two. I'm a little worried that Deuce Daly is like the assistant head coach, like in that it's not Aaron Glenn. Like I'm worried about losing Aaron Glenn, like because he's not maybe I don't know. Maybe that's just me like overthinking it. But I'm like, if we lost Deuce Daly from like a running back situation, like is it really matter? Like what else is, is he like? What else is he contributing other than like that leadership thing? That so I don't know. That's just some random random thoughts. Like from an XFL standpoint, like mm-hmm. I would love Aaron Glenn to be the successor rather than Deuce, but who knows. You're probably losing AG next year. Yeah, I think so too. He's too good not to, you know. Well, um, it's gonna suck. That's why it's like I just want to get what we can out of him while he's here. <laughs> he interviewed, I believe, for the Broncos job this off season. Weren't there like the Saints looking at him too at one point or something? I can't remember that. That was Aubrey Pleasant, I think, that they were interviewing oh, for, yeah, yeah. for the job, maybe. That was the Vikings because uh, O'Connell oh, was that... expected with them from the Rams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do know Aaron Glenn was up for a couple different. But. Right. I love the Lions. Well, I can't wait for episode uh, two. Aiden Hutchinson has the same wingspan as Xavier Santos and Maxwell Millington. Um, go Lions to the death of me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for this is a great episode. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing this weekly. Um, I'd love like Greg to join me every week. I don't know if he plans, so I know Carter will probably you know be there for the rest of them too. Anyone else? Um, we'll, we'll do these Wednesdays at noon while while we get to the hard knocks. But you know, thanks for a great episode and everyone contributing. I loved it. Love me some lions and one pride for life, baby. <laughs> CJ's trial mm-hmm. season. Have a good day. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me on, Bax.